show 11 and a half of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Hey, it's Lena. It's still show 11, show 11.5. Remember last time when JK and I were talking about how this was going to be 11 in a series of 11? Well, guess what? It's still 11. And I have to do the intro by myself because um, JK's too busy to help me out with this. So I'm here by myself, and I hope it was safe for her to leave me alone with the recording equipment. So I just wanted to say a few quick things before we get on to the rest of show 11, show 11.5. Um, one of them is to mention to everybody all the administrative stuff, because we're going to try really hard to do that in the show from now on. If you would like to send us email, it's lookathisbutt at gmail.com. To go to the website, it's lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Please drop by, look at the fun images and the fun show notes that we put up there. Leave us a message in the comments section. You can also subscribe to a mailing list that will tell you when a new episode has been posted. If you um, want to know, I usually send those out right after I post the episode, so if you um, get them, you'll probably get to the show before anybody else does. Haha. <laughs> you can also subscribe through iTunes, and you will get them as soon as the feed picks it up, which is usually pretty darn quick. A couple of other little bits of news that I wanted to get in before we get to the show, show 11. One is that in a previous show, we talked about the movie Stardate, which is being written by Paul Hernandez, and we we railed pretty hard against it because the description that was listed um, as coming from Sci-Fi Wire sounded pretty bad, frankly. But since then, we've been contacted by none other than Paul Hernandez, the writer of the movie, who says that he would like to talk with us and tell us the real story of the movie. So in a future episode, we hopefully will have an interview with Paul Hernandez where he will tell us all about what Stardate's really going to be about. And we are extremely excited about that. The one other piece of news that I'd like to mention, which I think we'll mention a couple more times, is that there is a con coming up in the month of November here in the Bay Area called BassCon, and it's the Bay Area Slash Spectacular, and their website is at BassCon.org. And for those of you who know what Slash is, um, I don't need to explain it, but you know what? I should say it for the people who don't know what Slash is. Slash is fan fiction that's written about... Um, characters of the same sex having sex with each other. And in Star Trek, it's usually uh, Kirk Spock kind of stuff, although there are plenty of other um, slash pairings. And Bascon actually covers all different kinds of fandom, so it's not just a Star Trek con. The reason I'm mentioning it is because JK and I are going. We're going to be there. So if you are planning on going to BassCon, let's try and find each other. We are going to meet up with some of our Trek fandom friends who we always go with. We will be doing at least one special podcast from BassCon where we hang around with our friends and talk about Trek and talk about sex toys and all the rest of it. And that should be a load of fun. So BassCon, November 4th through the 6th, 2005. It is being held um, in uh, right around San Francisco. It's the Embassy Suites in South San Francisco. If you're interested in attending, go to the website and you can get lots of information there. And one final note, in the last show we talked about uh, the fact that we were sending out the Venus Vibrance Razor to a very lucky listener. So I want to briefly report that the listener received it and has been testing it out. And in the next show we will actually read some of those reports and I think you will all get a big kick out of it. So I'm going to shut up now. We'll play the intro music and then on to show 11, 11 in a series of 11.
space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. No, not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com. Next up. Next up. Is it a very, a very, very special <laughs> segment? <laughs> because we're eating berries. We are. We're eating berries tonight. Because we have to keep our energy up. We do. And we're drinking ginger ale. This was a clip that was sent to us by one of our listeners um, who very generously provided a link to this gigantic MP3 file um, just out of the blue. So thank you. For doing that because that was really nice and it is an mp3 file of henry rollins yes who was on the has been album with bill doing it, a track called i can't get behind that that had fantastic drums and just mm-hmm. a, a marvelous um high energy rant mm-hmm. by the two of them mm-hmm. so henry who is a poet and a writer and now has a TV show, which I didn't really know about. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, he has a, a show on the um, Independent Film Channel where he talks to directors and actors. And really? Yeah. What's it called? Henry Probably Rollins Henry talks Rollins to directors. talks to people. I don't know. Oh. He talks about it in this, this clip that I was listening to. Mm. He's a very smart guy. I met him once. Really? Yeah, I did. When I was working at the record store, he came and did an in-person appearance and uh-huh. took a picture of him outside the store. And cool. He was scary but nice. <laughs> He's a very intense guy. So, anyway, um, he tours, and he, you know, Henry Rollins has done USO tours. He's been to Iraq. I had heard that. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. So, um, he goes on the road and does spoken word performances, and as part of his spoken word thing, he does these long monologues where he just tells stories about what's happened to him, and it's sort of a cross between a stand-up act and Spalding Gray, and he has a lot of interesting things to say. He's very funny, and part of the most recent... Um, tour he's been doing, he talks about how he got to make this song on Has Been with William Shatner. So now using the wonders of technologies, we're going to play it and we'll be talking at the same time. And I I have to say this particular clip um, sounds like it was recorded by somebody using a cassette player in a very echoey room. So the clip itself is not really high quality. Which is typical of a lot of what we bring you. Yeah, you know, we're kind of... We provide... We're the quality here. Yeah, this is sort of, you know, the audio equivalent of the digital camera taking a picture of the television showing the 27th generation. We're consistent. We are consistent. So um, let's listen to this. I will tell you, the whole clip of him talking about... Uh, both has been and then he had a very interesting experience going to Shatner's house. I'm going to post that on the website so you guys can click through and listen to it. But it's like 22 minutes long and I don't have time to play the whole thing. So we're just going to listen to this one short little bit. And, and, and Ben Folds picks me up on you know, 30 hours no sleep, two J-Lo films, one Ben Affleck film and nine quarts of coffee. I'm deranged and no so pissed off. And so he takes me to the studio. I said, so, so Ben, what's, what's Shatner like? He goes, oh man. I go, okay, what's he like? Oh, I 
can't wait to see you two together. I go, okay, but, but please, give me a heads up. What's he like? He's like, here we are. You won't tell me anything. He goes, go, go. I'm like, okay. I open the door. First thing I see is William Shatner in a chair. He sees me. He leaps out of the chair. Henry, hello, I'm William Shatner. He is so intense. I thought I was intense. He's intense. Ah! Henry, thank you for coming. I said, hey, it's no problem. So, Henry. I had this I said, okay, Bill, what do you want to do? Henry, yesterday. I came up with a drum rant thing, if you will. Ben, play Henry the track. Henry, sit down, Ben, Ben, play the track. So, I captain goes over and hits play. Henry, listen. And a drummer starts going, really good drums. And Shatner starts yelling over the track. It is a list of things, grievances he has. And at the end of every grievance, he punctuates it with, I can't get behind that! It's like three and a half minutes of things the good captain cannot get behind. And then comes to an end, it sounds awesome. He goes, Henry, what do you think of the track? I went, that's a, it's great. Henry, I thought you and I could do something. I said, okay. I thought about it for a minute. I said, well, now, that's a user track. I mean, that's a keyboard. That's great. If you do more than one drum and rant thing on your album, does not your drum and rant thing become too pervasive on the record where it's the album known as the album with a lot of drum and rant things on it? Perhaps you're right. So how about this? You have this in the can. Gold smash it. Give me three minutes to come up with eight or nine hundred things I can't get behind. Let me fold some of them into your script and we can do it together, things we can't get behind. You do one, I do one, you do one, I do one, back and forth. Henry, what a great idea. Ben, get him a pen and some paper. Henry, sit down and write down things you can't get behind. Ben, Ben! <laughs> I write down a bunch of things I can't get behind. I come up with 700 things. And two minutes later, I hand it to his assistant, who picks out four that work. And she <laughs> folds them into the script, which is on her laptop computer. We print it out, we work on it, we write things, we bang it around for about an hour, and we have this beautiful thing, this new version of I Can't Get Behind That. We wake up the drummer, throw him behind the drum kit, and the drummer's like, it's me and Shatner in this little vocal booth, holding paper, staring at each other, and all of a sudden, I can't get behind it! Go! And we're going back and forth. It's awesome. We do it like five times in a row. We were both like just, yeah. <sighs> drummer's passed out. <laughs> ben walks in, he goes, that was incredible. The two of you together, it's amazing. Take three is the one. We've got it, mission accomplished, unless you guys want to do it again. And I say, Yo, do you want to do it again? And Chad goes, I can do it again. You know, No problem, what do you want to do? I said, I, I, wanna, I want you to be happy. So I'll do it 20 more times. You know, I, I don't care. I'm here to rock your world. So, I'll, you know, you call it, I'll do it. Well, Henry, I, I like what we have. But Henry, do you hear a guitar? I do. Ben, get me a guitar player. Get on the phone. Find me a guitar player. I want to hear a guitar, and I can't get behind. Ben goes to the control room, gets on the phone, puts down the phone, comes back in and says, a guitar player will be here in half an hour. I said, one phone call, 
And you got a guitar player coming in half an hour, it's Nashville. And it, it's, it's true. Nashville is full of session musicians who can play your album in one take. And, and they're just waiting around. You can have a choir come in. You can have a lap steel guy come in. You can have, you know, whatever you want. It's in Nashville, and you can pay for it by the hour. It shows up with its own gear. It will look at the tune and play it perfectly in two minutes of learning it. And so a guitar player's coming over. I said, so what, you got some by-the-hour, you know, hotshot guitar player? He said, no, nah, it's a friend of mine. He's going to do it for free. I'm like, oh, cool. But who's your friend? It's said, Adrian Bolu. Okay, the cultural elite is here tonight. All the way um, Australian now. So I'm going <laughs> to stop this. Um, that, that weird sound is actually on the tape. Oh, okay. On the, on the phone. So he goes off into a long tangent about Adrian Ballou and what an amazing guy he is and all the rest of that. And just talks a little bit more. But uh, that was the main part that I wanted to hear. That was Because wonderful. of the way he does, Bill. Henry. <laughs> Oh, that that oh, that was you can delightful. Just imagine it. Absolutely. Just imagine it. So I'm really glad that um, he did that and that he talks about it like that. Clearly, with all this love and energy in his voice about what a great you, experience. It was. You can tell he loved doing it. He yeah. he had a blast. He crazy. So I didn't, and I love that track. I didn't know that that's what it had happened. So he literally got off the plane. He had just come from um, Afghanistan, I think. Uh huh. Got on a plane, got to Nashville, got off the plane, went to the studio. They recorded it in, like, however many hours it took them to do it. You know, six hours. Got on a plane, went back to Los Angeles, and that was it. It was like guerrilla recording yes. right then and there. Totally amazing. That, oh, that's great. I'm so I'm so grateful to the person who, who sent us this, pointed us at that, because I hadn't heard it before. We no. played it right now, and I love it. So that was really, really good. Yay. So um, there's another thing here. Let me go to the big list of topics for this this <laughs> week's show, if I can find it. There it is. Um, now th- this is uh, this is on the order of googling your own self. Yes, and and that's that's fun. If you've been posting to the web, you know, in in whatever form. I mean, uh-huh. I, I write a lot of stories and and posted on many Trek groups. You know, you're you're going to come up. And every now and then it, it's fun to, to Google yourself. Sometimes you have to be kind of specific. Um, I found when I just Google Jungle Kitty, things mm-hmm. come up about people with cats and people who've named their cat Jungle mm-hmm. Kitty, and apparently that's a very popular <laughs> name for a cat. Um, so I always Google like Jungle Kitty and Star Trek. And something came up recently that, oh, my God, I had never, ever run across this one before. So it's fairly recent. And what it is, is it's um, a con report, and that's a report of a a fan convention. And people write and share these things so people who weren't there will know what went on. Mm -hmm. And this was a con called VCon, which is held in Vancouver. And I'm not sure exactly what the theme of VCon is, but I know it's not creation con, it's it's fan run. Is it a Slash con? I think it is, because there's certainly a lot of mention of Slash and, or I don't know because this this panel apparently was just devoted to fan fiction, hmm. so I don't know I don't know what it was. But anyway, um, this is this is what the, the con report had to say, and well, I'm just going to read it. I arrived early for playing in someone else's sandbox. Why fan fiction is still readable? Then realized I had to go to the bathroom. We'll let you just this once. The panel said. Panelist Magic Rat said that looking for good fan fiction was like digging through kitty litter and that there were three kinds of fan fiction, awful, bloody awful, and brilliant. Asked to name fan fiction they liked, the panel, Joe McBride Wilson, Linda Williams, 
Virginia O'Dine, Magic Rat, mentioned the author Jungle Kitty, who wrote Invisible Planet, a Kirk Spock slash fiction that was so repugnant (laughs) that it caused William Shatner to write back and won praise from James Dewan. And I'm reading this, and my mind is now blown because... Was there smoke coming out of your ears? There was, there was, and and it wasn't the neighbors with a wood fire. Because, yes, I have written Kirk Spock slash, and some of it is repugnant. But I've never heard from William Shatner or James (laughs) Dewan. And so I'm going, what the hell is this? And I sent off an email to the person who wrote this, going, what are you talking about? Have I gotten caught in some strange urban legend? Then I read this, and I realized I know Magic Rat Mm. under a different name. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I knew it was Magic Rat. And so I wrote to her and said, what is this? And and, uh, she gave me the story. The person who wrote the report had obviously gotten a lot of facts wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But Magic Rat said, yes, she had mentioned my stories and said she really liked them. And I know she really liked them and she would never diss me that way. And um, But she had also said she had heard that someone had written a fiction that caused the the actor to to write to them. And then this got all, all misconstrued with a story of articles that were written by fans that James Dewan praised. Oh. So it all kind of got jumbled together. But of course, I'm going, what is this truly repugnant fiction that is so horrible that it, it causes William Shatner to, to bat off a, a, a big how dare you in angry red crayon <laughs> to the author, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to find this. And, of course, it is urban legend. It is, but it's a great urban legend. It's about you. It's <laughs> so cool. It is now. I wish I had an urban legend about me. Yeah, but it's an urban legend about what a disgusting, horrible story I wrote. Not an urban legend about... I wrote such a wonderful, erotic Kirk story that William Shatner wrote me a letter <laughs> saying, I want to bang you. Yeah, <laughs> let's get together and bang each other's brains out. And, you know. But, you know, any publicity. Could we have that be a, can we have that be an urban legend? Let's just start it right now. Okay. okay. So William Shatner once wrote you a letter saying a love that, letter. that the fiction you wrote about him as Kirk was so hot, he was compelled to try and track you down. Right, and I'm revealing this for the first time. And, and he found me. Did he? He found everything. He didn't miss anything. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so so that's that's our news from the urban legend front. <laughs> Actually, now I probably will get a letter from him written in angry red crayon. <laughs> really? And I want to say that none of our, our listeners out there have done their homework because nobody is writing in saying, I can get William Shatner to say, look at my butt. I know. Here we are. What's up? We're working so hard. Lane is giving you homework. I think you must have at least three assignments Jeez. by now from her. And, uh, but you are sending us lovely emails Mm -hmm. and we do, Mm -hmm. we do love those. But (laughs) now what's going to happen is people are going to write to us and say, here's a truly repugnant Mm. fic. I don't know if the actors hated it, but I hated it. And something we're going to be flooded with, you know, the true true crapola of the net. It's true. I bet Gammon Davis wrote that story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm invoking the name of a fanfic writer that we dislike. Yes. Because we do. Um, what was I going to say? I have no idea. I have no idea either. It was also... Oh, oh, something about bad fanfic. Um, we have a... 
We belong to a private group that talks about bad fanfic, and um, we're there always, are several of these. Several I gotta tell you, we're not the it's only true, people. It's true. It's um, true. But if anybody has any bad fanfic that they'd like to call our attention to, please send it in. It's got to be so bad it makes you laugh, though. Yeah. Because there's plenty of bad stuff that you can't even slog through, or that is just depressing. Yeah. But um, it, it all got started over a picture. Remember this picture of um. Kirk and Spock having dinner with Sarah and Amanda, <laughs> and they're being waited on by a little French maid who has thunder thighs. Right. And uh, either Kirk or Spock is holding out a diamond ring. Yeah. They're getting engaged. It's a horrible picture. It's horrible. And it made us laugh Just really, really hard. Plain horrible. So we we um, we like to read really, really bad fan fiction, and it doesn't have to be Trek fiction. We've looked at all kinds of bad fan fiction. Um, from we've looked at some bad real fiction too. Oh, that's true. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, like that horrible book that you loaned me that um, was the Pride and Prejudice sequel <laughs> that you blame me for. Like I personally <laughs> wrote it. No. I just told you it was bad. You should read it. Oh. And foolish you, you did. Well, you forced me to read it. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, so Lord of the Rings, there's been some wonderfully bad Lord of the Rings fan fiction. That one of them had a classic, classic line about. Um, Legolas and I forget the girl's name. Mary Sue girl. Mary Sue Bambi, whatever. Um, we're sitting on the beach in Hawaii. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was before they went to Walmart, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was bad. We've looked at that kind of fiction. We've looked at um, lots of Trek fiction. Looked at um, Tom Paris caught in the mist of action. Oh, that's that right. Was a good the mist one. of action. Then there was the um, what was it in sync with the vampires? Do you remember that? <gasps> yeah, one? that was that was scary. Yeah, that and I, I don't know anything about in sync and just a little bit about vampires. But there's some really really uh, you can have a lot of fun looking at some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I made a game. Do you remember the game that I made? The Wake the Comatose Captain No, game? no, no, not that game. I, I, I had I invented a little party game where I took choice quotes from really bad fan fiction, and then I also pulled quotes from parodies of fan fiction oh, yes. that we had written or other people had written, and I mixed them up, and I challenged people to say whether it was real bad fan fiction or fake bad fan and fiction. And we played that we did. at not an IHOP, but a place similar to an was, IHOP we were, with a group of people when we were at a convention having yeah. breakfast, and... Some of the stuff that made us laugh so hard, we said, that's parody, and mm -hmm. most no. of them turned out to be the real fan fictions. Yeah, I was, forgot that game, but we did laugh that real was a hard game. those. Yep, that was great. Okay, uh, let's take another quick break. Okay. And I think we have even more stuff to talk about. Well, okay. We can do it. And we've got berries, so. <laughs> Stardate 071005. A quarter to eight. The website KurtzMedia.com has posted restored stills from scenes that were cut from the Star Trek episodes Operation Annihilate and Elan of Troyes. The photos are accompanied by the scene scripts. In the scene from Elan of Troyes, Kirk, McCoy, and Uhura find Spock playing a Vulcan lyre. When Uhura expresses her wish to learn to play the instrument, Spock replies, to my knowledge, no non-Vulcan has ever mastered the skill. You see, we Vulcans have natural rhythm. According to the script, Uhura looks impressed. In a related story, geneticists have revealed that Stepan Fetchit has been confirmed as one of Spock's human ancestors. 
William Shatner's butt is in profile in the restored photographs, but was unavailable for comment. is fresh as a spring daisy. <laughs> to go along with that crunchy track goodness? Yeah. yeah! Hit it, Lena. Oh, okay. Uh, the first thing is about a new gadget, because we love gadgets. Gadgets are our lives. It says, Sona Mobile to launch Star Trek communicator phone. So this is a new mobile phone that is going to be a Star Trek-themed phone. It's going to come equipped with a custom Star Trek faceplate and other themed features. They use the word themed an awful lot in this press release. Well, uh, that's the theme of this. Yeah, there will also be themed goodies <gasps> on the software end, such as multiplayer online Trek games, video streams, and other news and information for fans. And? And? And the last line. The last line. The last line says, no word on whether it will help you be as suave as William Shatner. <laughs> well... As if. I mean, who can be as suave as Bill? No, nobody. He's, he's the king of suave. He's the sultan of suave. <laughs> sultan of suave. Well, I want one. Yeah. I definitely want one. And I want you to program my number in as the very first okay. number. Okay, I'll definitely do And that. call me, and I will have mine set to make really good Star Trek noises. Oh, that's good. Well, I, I want to know what kind of ringtones you can get for it. Well, shouldn't those be part of the themed... Oh, that's true. You know, I hadn't thought about that. They should do that. They really should have Star Trek-specific ringtones to go with it. I want mine to sound like the communicator beep. The brrrr. Yeah. Yeah, well, you... And and I want... Here's my big suggestion. Yeah. You know how you do caller ID? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I want you to be able to program it so you get different rings for different people. And, like, when it's your boss or somebody you don't want to hear from, it makes the red alert noise. (laughs) They go... I think that'd be good. Uh, Can you imagine that in a meeting? (gasps) And when in, the, it, in the movie theater, people would think it would be a fire alarm. They'd all jump up and Wait, wait. <laughs> when it's from your lover? Yeah. The Pond Farm music? Oh, that would be good. They were, you know, it's yeah. got the drum, the pounding drum of Vulcan sexuality. That would be good. Or else that, you know, that sort of sexy music they play. Yes. Whenever a gorgeous woman. And the outer edge of the photo screen on it gets all Vaseline. Yeah. That would be really good. Well, I think that would be great. They, they don't have enough phones that look like communicators. I used to do it with my Palm Pilot, my very old Palm Pilot, because it yeah. was fun to flip it open like that. So I, I think I want one. And Well, I want one, and I want to know if it vibrates. Mm, see, it would have to vibrate. It would have to. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't that like a federal requirement of phones now? That they vibrate? That, that you can set them on vibrate? But I want to be able to set mine on continuous. <laughs> <laughs> None of this... Brr. Really? How, do you, yeah. how long do you think it could vibrate before you'd have to recharge it? Is what I want to know. <laughs> this is getting extremely personal. Well, you know, it's to go with the sex toys thing. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, using a vibrating phone as a sex toy? Well, you know, back in the olden days, I've heard before we had readily available sex toys, women used to, like, plaster themselves to the dryer. Electric toothbrushes. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard water pick. Oh, yeah, that could work. And uh, 
I had a friend years ago who was working for the first company to develop the massage shower head. Uh-huh. And he was furious when Playboy ran the centerfold, or or, oh. or maybe not Playboy Penthouse, I think more likely the centerfold, of the, the girl with your legs widespread holding the, the vibrating massage shower head there because it wasn't one made by his company. <laughs> <laughs> and they had been the first to market. Oh, that's too funny. But they didn't. He's going. Do you know how much publicity that is? So oh, that was a big who, one too. Who wrote that story about Kirk going to the hardware store and? <gasps> oh, that was a great story. Oh, that the, was hilarious. And what was it? A sander or something? Yes. It, and I saw oh. one of those the other day at Home Depot and burst out laughing. Oh. Um, it was what's her name? Ruth. Ruth Gifford? Was it Ruth who wrote I that? I think it was Ruth Gifford. What a funny story wrote that was. a very funny story. I think it was yeah, called, he was... Wasn't it called The Handyman or something? Yeah. that was. It was cute. It was a it cute, was very funny, funny little story. Because it was all sort of under the guise of doing home repairs. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so it's it's a phone that can, can get you off and can uh, plane your wood floors. <laughs> Okay, next news item. Okay. This isn't nearly so sexy. That's too bad. We'll but, make you know, it sexy. We can make it sexy. We can do it. So this is about the new voyages. Uh, we talked about new voyages a couple of shows ago, and it's the the fanfic. Not fanfic. Oh, sorry. It's fan, the fan film. Fan film. Fan film. There's a good. I like that. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a fan film. Fans who are creating new episodes of TOS and releasing them on the internet. So we talked about the fact that they had announced on their website that they had DC Fontana write a script for them and that they were making the new one. Here's a a release from them saying, in fact, they're making a movie rather than another um, episode or webisode, as they call it, which I think is a terrible phrase, and I will never use it again. So it's the DC Fontana script, and until they release it, um, New Voyages will present a short film series called The Vignettes, a very descriptive name, which will run about 10 minutes each and will feature New Voyages characters. And then they're going to do a, a whole movie. It doesn't say how long the movie is. It doesn't say how they're going to release the movie, whether it's going to be only Internet or whether they're going to try to do a DVD release or something. I, I don't really know. But I, I'm I'm wondering how they, you know, they could be getting into a real touchy area with the yeah. DVD release because... If you're having people send you money, even if it's ostensibly for shipping, manufacturing, mm-hmm. whatever, that might be the point where Paramount decides they need to to yeah. call in their goons. I suppose so. I, I wonder if they could incorporate as a non-profit or something. I don't know. And give all the money to track charities. <laughs> oh, and I just realized Ruth Gifford posted the original description of all the fun things you could buy at Home Depot, but the story, and I believe it was called Handyman, mm-hmm. was written by Judith Graham. Oh, Judy wrote that. Yes. Oh, wow. This is like ancient history, oh, right? Oh, it really is. is I'm surprised I was ago. able to pull that up. If I can find the link for Handyman somewhere, because it's probably in the archives. I'm sure it's in Trekkieverse. Yeah, we'll try and find it. It's a great little story. It is. I love that. Um, speaking of Paramount coming down, I just remembered another item that I wanted to mention briefly, uh, which is that uh, DC Comics just sent a cease and desist letter to an art gallery in New York that oh, yeah, was displaying that. a bunch of slashy pictures of Batman and Robin. And 
it was by a guy who's, and I can't remember his name, and I don't have the article in front of me right now, but he's a, an artist, and mm-hmm. some of them, not all of them, not, not the whole display, was pictures, and I don't think that they were extremely graphically sexual, but there was one of, of Batman and Robin smooching, which was sort of... <gasps> oh, and they were, scandal, my heart just stopped. No, they're sort of nice watercolors. I think their objection was that the prints were being sold at like $250 a pop, and there were a lot of people buying them, so their objection, as with Paramount, has not been that people are doing it, but that they're making money off it. Right. So. Well, the courts found in favor of the artist who was doing the Barbie doll stuff. That's right, yeah. When Mattel tried to go after him. Yeah, so, you know, Paramount's uh, whole thing with fan fiction and Star Trek has pretty much been to ignore it, except when they could co-opt it, like with New Voyages. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, oh, Strange New Worlds, I'm sorry. Strange right, New right. Worlds. Uh, but as long as people aren't actually making a ton of money off of it, they've been pretty good about turning a blind eye to it. Though I wonder if this thing with DC is going to change the relationship between companies and their fans in some way. Yeah. I mean, they they sent a cease and desist letter, and they wanted to have all of the unsold prints sent to DC, like they were taking possession of them, wow. I believe, which is a little, you know, that's a little more. Yeah. So, oh, that'll be interesting know. to follow. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything about Paramount barking at fans in the longest time. No, not in a long years. time. And I remember in our early days on the internet, and you and I were both, you know, involved mm-hmm. at about the same time, there was a lot of, of fear of, okay, you probably were okay if you put your fan fiction up on your website, but the minute you put pictures or screenshots mm-hmm. yeah. or sound clips from yeah. any of the actual stuff, then, you know, that was proprietary and you were going to hear about it. And so for a long time, everybody held back on, mm-hmm. on doing that. We were also afraid of it. Now people do it all the time. There's whole huge we do collections. <laughs> but I mean, we're not, we're not the only ones. Yeah. And maybe they have finally realized what we were saying all along and a lot of people were saying is, this isn't hurting them. This oh, no. promotes the product. It's free. It's free yeah. promotion. Yeah. Get the fans talking about it. Yeah. So just an interesting side note. Right. That was sort of comic related. And we've got one more thing. Last little bit. On one of our recent shows, we were talking about Bill's great album, Has Been, and we closed with a cut from the song Real, which was done by Bill and Brad Paisley, who's a country singer. And I found out, did a little more research, that Brad wrote that song specifically for Bill. They have worked together a couple of times now. And now I just found out that Bill appears on Brad's new album, which I believe is called Time Well Wasted. And he doesn't do an actual song. It's just a little clip, little snippet. At the very end, I believe it's the very last, well, of course, it's the very last thing on the album. And, uh, And I was able to download it, not illegally, it was part of the promo. And so we're just going to close with that. That'll be it. So till next time. Hey, dude, the record's over. There are no more tracks. If you want more music, go back to track one. That's what I would do. I mean, it's really a good record. Otherwise, get a life.